Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Tonight, episode 46, and we are chatting about natural shelters. Uh, so some of our thoughts, I noticed I got the wrong window up, but anyway, some of our thoughts, some of our experiences, all that wonderful stuff. So Ben, why don't you start us off? What's, uh, yeah, you segue us in to natural shelters. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I kind of... We've talked a bit about these hot tents. We've talked about tarps. We've talked about hammocks and stuff. But one of the things that really kind of got us started for me, I guess, was was some was the natural shelters. And, and we built them as kids. I know I did. I'm sure sure most of us did. We're in style. The as kids, we might have called them forts or clubhouses or whatever, where you'd go down, you'd knock out a few logs, get some boughs, and build more or less a natural shelter incorporating as much uh, structure as possible. So if you found a really good rock and could lean some stuff against a rock or a fallen tree with the roots up, that makes a, an, an excellent little shelter. And and the beauty of them is when they're absolutely weightless. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's there. It's already in the woods. Now, the downside, I guess, is you're probably going to have to put – a little bit of imagination, a little bit of time, and we can't depend. You won't know what you're going to be sleeping in until you get there and sort of build it or put it together. Mm. Uh, so it's always quite how good it'll be, how, you know, some, I, I mean, I've made some that seem to be really waterproof and, and the direction was perfect for the winds and stuff and it just worked out great. And there's other times when it's just like nothing works out and you're, uh, <laughs> You're more or less exposed. You know, you know what I mean? Like, no, I would uh, be there weren't. The gathering time was much greater. You end up building something significantly less. Uh, I, I hear you laughing, so. No, nah, sure just thinking still... of some bad times I had with some natural shelters there. Um, I don't know if anybody's out there listening to us, but can you tell us if either me or Ben are freezing up at all? I don't know if it's an issue that we're having just between us or if we're having some transmission issues there. Uh, it, it doesn't seem to be affecting too much there, Ben. Like, I can still make out what you're saying and stuff, but it's just every now and then I notice a little bit of a, a hiccup. And So hopefully somebody will chime in and let us know one way or the other. But, uh, yeah, I, I have... Um, every time I think natural shelter, I have one... I don't want to say horrendous story, but I have one specific bad luck story that always comes to mind with natural shelters. And, um, yeah, okay, it's pretty short. I'll tell it right away. <laughs> Get this one out of the bag. Uh, so me and a buddy of mine down in Marshy Hope, we decided to try natural sheltering. Now, we're only in high school. We're only about 17 years old, and we get the idea. We're going to go out in the dead of winter, and we're going to build a snow cave. And we're going to sleep in this thing for the night. And everything works out great, except we never took into consideration the fact that it was above freezing when we decided to do this. And we potentially made the shelter a little too thin when we started out. So you see where this is going, do you not? <laughs> so it was one of my first experiences with a natural shelter in the winter. Uh, and it was an, instead of eyeballing it. Uh, and I learned that it should potentially be cold enough to support said snow shelter if that is indeed what you were going to use. And if anybody's wondering, yeah. it all fell in on me. That's that's the whole end of the story. I was going to be polite about it, but that's that's the kicker. 
about halfway through the night, yeah. it started kind of coming in and we had to bail. But it was good enough. We weren't far away. We were, we only went into the woods like a couple hundred feet behind his house, right? So we we drug ourselves out and just wandered off to his house and we were fine. But it was, uh, that's my great natural shelter story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where I grew up, we got a ton, or like a, a ridiculous amount of snow most winters. And we could actually make them two stories high where you could stand to have a couple of feet of snow between you, uh, the, the levels and still like easy, easily stand in the lower level and the top level in spots, uh, especially, uh, sort of north of town. Uh, I don't have a lot of stories where they collapsed, but I, I do know there was times when the snow was a lot more froze and, uh, much more difficult where we couldn't really use like the aluminum and plastic shovels. It, it was like actual spades and axes to, to chip through. Um, I mean, of course in the spring they collapsed. We never spent a lot of time around by that time. We, we knew that what was, uh, my worst stories were probably, uh, actually like wooden sh- shelter. Uh, and the one, and I know, I know I shared this one in the past, but we, me and, and another fellow, we, we went in and we built the lean to with the sort of the long fire sort of out front and, and, uh, and we spent the day building it and, uh, his, uh, his stepfather, uh, decided that we were having way too much fun and showed up in the middle of the night and, uh, had a sleeping bag, which he put inside of a plastic bag, and that didn't really work out well mm. for him, really. Uh, but it was a, you know, for me, it was a good night. For for the other guy, it was a pretty good night. But, you know, um, and my, my the older guy, uh, and not that he's that old, but he, uh, he, he came out of it fine, but his sleeping bag could not be rolled up the next morning. It was pretty stiff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But I mean, but, that's uh, less the natural shelter. That's more the um, oh yeah the unfortunate consequence of using a garbage bag as a shelter because it doesn't breathe. Uh, for anybody wondering, what happens is the moisture. I, I assume he must have been breathing inside his sleeping bag or something like that, or is that just? I'm, I'm sure he sweat too. He's a very active man. He wasn't an overweight man by any means. He was very skinny. He's he's the kind of guy that almost vibrates all the time when he's moving and talking and doing stuff. And I'm sure he sweat a ton. And in a nice heavy sleeping bag with that, that, that vapor barrier on you, it's, you get warm in there. Like that does work. Um, and I've, I've read later that he actually kind of did it backwards. He, he would have boosted a system by having the plastic bag on the inside against almost bare skin, uh, creates uh, a natural, uh, vapor barrier. And then that, that, that fluff layer inside, he would have been, uh, significantly warmer, but a sleeping bag may have gotten, damp through contact with snow mm. uh, but, uh, but no I, you know I, I think the appeal the allure the, the the love of the natural shelter is just the fact that you can kind of do it yourself it costs virtually nothing uh, and it, you usually can build it with the bare minimum of what you'd go in the woods with tools so for my my side is a true natural shelter wouldn't include a tarp it would Include uh, the use of probably an axe, a saw, a knife, and maybe some cordage. Uh, extra points for sure if you made the cordage from natural materials in the woods. But 
never know, spruce root, something like that. But the big thing yeah. to know, to keep in mind about natural shelters is the amount of time it actually takes to make a sleep a good sleepable shelter. Even a debris shelter where they're like, oh, I'll just break a whole bunch of leaves together and I'll sleep in that. That's all good and dandy until you realize how many leaves you need and how long it takes to gather that amount of leaves into a pile. You know, the the last time I went camping, I actually joked, and it's because the last few few times I've actually been camping with these uh, open bottom shelters that I've been using, so tarps and and, and these tents, uh, is what we need is a bushcraft rake. <laughs> you know, some kind of rake that's packable, small that could you can rake because. Moving leaves and just the general loose debris underground for various reasons is, is fairly important. And like you said, if you're building a debris shelter, you you pretty well will clear, in my opinion, probably almost a thousand square feet of of, of, of forest to build a proper debris shelter. Because mm. I think they say you want it about three feet high. Yeah, it has to be significant. I mean, and that's just to keep you warm and to keep you off the ground. Like, you kind of have to float in the middle, right? Yeah. Well, they say you want about three feet of debris, and I haven't proved it, but three feet of debris before it becomes what would be considered waterproof. So if it's raining or something, anything less, it will soak through. But anything more, it'll pretty well, it'll soak in a bit, but it'll, it won't get through to you. Hmm. Shy of, like, hurricane-style stuff, then maybe you got another problem there. But... That's a lot of material. Like to gather that kind of leaves, and if you're in a you're if you're in a pine forest, good. You get a lot of pine needles, but really good luck. If you're in a spruce forest, you're gathering moss, right? Like it, it changes by from environment to environment, and uh, you kind of have to build. I'm, I heard one YouTuber say this before: a natural shelter, you build what you have a lot. Of rocks, you use rock. If it's a lot of tree, you use tree. If it's a lot of sand, you're going to end up using sand. Whatever you have an excess of becomes your shelter. Mm. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So when you get to the area and you look around and see what you got, I mean, in my home province there of Newfoundland, if you go up north, the northern peninsula, Lance and Meadows or whatever, they built sod houses. And, and a lot of, uh, like the Vikings and, and, uh, Northern Europe, that that was a fairly common method because there was large fields of more or less grass. You cut the grass, you can stack it up, you can make pretty well anything you want out of it. Uh, you looking one up? No, um, Jeremy's on there and he he just confirmed it is you that is glitching up ever so slightly here and there. Ah, I don't know. Uh, Nothing's changed, so it, it might just be. The amount of people on the... Uh, you're with Eastlink too, aren't you? Yeah. So their service is greatly influenced by how many people's online. So people may be on checking the storm tomorrow. It's hard to say. We'll roll with it and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. What I was saying, though, is the more material you have, whatever you have an excessive material of, something you can easily gather, then you can push push it together into a shelter form. Works out great. Uh, but you, you hit the point earlier, right? Now. It's the time and effort that's involved in it. The reason I think we all tend to lean towards uh, pre-made, you know, packable shelters is 
the ease and the time savings. Like even if you are carrying, you know, anywhere from half to ten pounds, depending on what you're using, uh, that shelter is going to set up in minutes. It's going to keep you dry. It's consistent. It works. And ultimately, natural- you burn less energy carrying it in than you would. Yeah. When you end up with the right conditions and everything falls in line, a natural are pretty quick and pretty good. Uh, but I've I've been in what I thought was a perfect spot for like a, a lean to using the evergreens boughs to make the shelter, and we quickly realized that the evergreen boughs that we could reach weren't enough. Mm in the general vicinity, so we started walking further and further away, and that adds time, effort, dragging it all back, stacking it down. It actually takes quite a bit of evergreen to make a decent shelter. Yeah, no, it takes an immense amount, not only to waterproof you on the outside, but if you're using it to sleep on as well, you need, like, a significant thickness of that, and uh, the proper ones. You can't just use, like, the old super spiny ones. Well, you can, but you're not going to have a good night's sleep. You prefer fur... That's fairly young and soft if you can get it. That makes a real nice bed. Oh, it does. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you can't really beat it. And and the satisfaction of knowing that you did this with, you know, all by yourself, it's it's pretty immense. It's it's, it's a great feeling. Oh, it's an amazing but, feeling to make your own shelter. Like I said, even a lean-to with a long fire, as you were saying. It's great just to be able to make something, crawl inside it, and go, you know what? I did this. This is all me. I've provided for myself with very little reliance on anyone else. Yeah. And they tend to become semi-permanent, like which you can pretty well leave it. It's all natural materials. Like If you never come back to it in five, ten years, it'll pretty well fall, collapse on itself, rot away, and it's gone. Uh, if you keep showing up to it, if you maintain it, you keep the leaves and stuff from building, last a bit longer, changed a few uh, things as they rot and stuff, you can keep them pretty well indefinitely and become the real savings because it's already built. So every time you visit, you don't have to put that effort into it again. Uh, much into it. You can leave a few things there. Uh, I look like I might be freezing. Yeah. Yeah. You started hitting some pretty consistent freezings there, but we did, I did catch what you were saying at least. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it may just be, might be Eastlink tonight. Their service may be just slow and we're both of us on it. It could be causing a little problems. So once again, we apologize, everybody, but we are doing the best we can with what we got. Um, yeah, I, if I have the opportunity to make a shelter, I love doing it just for the fact that, like you said, it is kind of semi-permanent. It's something you can build on a little bit this time, and as long as the weather's good, you can come back to it next time and maybe expand on it, add a little niceties, clean it up a little bit, and you get to learn a lot about what you're capable of doing in a certain time frame. So anybody, if you haven't built a natural shelter, at least tried it, um, next time you're hitting to the woods, just take a small tent, your sleep system and all that, and give yourself a little extra time and try setting one up. Try a few different things, uh, do some research before you go in so you actually have a, a basic understanding of structural integrity, and just see what you're capable of, what you can actually get going, how long it takes, and then start thinking outside the box, because there's all kinds of general patterns, I'll say, of how to build uh, shelters out there, but then once you get going, you start 
kind of doing things that just make sense to you in your situation that's kind of unique to that situation and you won't see it anywhere else and after a while you just kind of get on a roll with doing your own thing oh yeah my favorite is kind of the winter uh because you kind of just build a basic structure this is my method anyways you build the basic structure on it uh and i guess that's somewhere between a debris hut and a quincy style but having that structural with you know a few logs, a couple of branches and stuff, and then pulling the snow because the snow uh, it'll protect you against the wind, the rain, or snow, whatever company throws at you. Uh, and you can be quite comfy in there. You get a, a bit of a wall of snow all the way around you, nice dug down to the dirt, good solid structure. You you're going to be real comfortable with fire down there. You're going to be warm enough that you can definitely get your jacket off. You can sit there and enjoy. Uh, and with the winter, you're not going to have like the nuisance animals and stuff coming around bugging in. So it's a really great time. Uh, I think people underestimate how comfortable you really can be in a well-built or well-thought-out uh, winter camp. And natural shelters, I think, are almost ideal in the winter for and it's funny that you say that. I was thinking the same thing. When I go winter camping, I generally liked making um, kind of my own little shelter in there. Like, I liked the hammock camping. I don't have an underquilt or anything like that, so I haven't done it in the winter, self-admittedly. I have slept in tents on pads and stuff like that. But like you said, you seem to get an additional bit of comfort by making a natural shelter because now you can make a fire and have it all night. Uh, especially if you make like a super shelter design or a lean-to design with a long fire, you're going to have that little bit of warmth all night just kind of soaking into you. And it's, it's just a nice feeling, in all honesty. And you have, once again, with that fire all night, it's a little nicer to get up and change. You're always kind of warm. You acknowledge the cold out, but there's always that little bit of right. heat. Yeah. Uh, I think it's... It really is almost empowering, though, because you're you're out there and, you know, like, I did this. I'm, I'm in an environment that a lot of people, you know, they won't even stay in it. They, they, they say, oh, I'm too cold. They'll go in and out of it. But if you take the time, like, the, while you're building, you're going to produce enough body heat to don't worry about getting too cold. If you're working hard, mm-hmm. you're going to be warm. Uh, and then once you get the shelter built and you're in and you've got got like a cover over your head so you, you get a fire going in there blasting a bit of heat towards you 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 are going to be in a fairly comfortable environment i'm not saying you're going to be in t-shirts and shorts like no that's not going to happen you said you acknowledge the cold it's real it's there but with that radiant heat coming at you and the nice warm glow of the fire especially reflecting off the snow it's a little bit brighter it's a little bit warmer and you get you know, you get really comfortable, and it's it's extremely enjoyable. Uh, yes, there's the downside. You're beating that fire. Otherwise, it's going to go out, and it's going to get cold relatively mm. quick. But uh, if you can keep stay up, keep the fire going, uh, you'll get through the night not only comfortable, but I think feeling great about yourself. Like that's something that a lot of people just don't do. They don't experience, and if you can do it, you should be proud of yourself. You really should be proud of what you've accomplished. Uh, it's not that nobody can do it. Almost anyone can, but 
Not very few people will. have the initiative and drive to do it. Yeah. Um, I, nope, go ahead. Sorry, Ben. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sure you're the same. Like, when you mention a lot of this stuff to, to half our, co- you know, your coworkers, your friends, your family, a lot of people just look at you and say you're nuts. Like, oh, yeah. They, they said that before I mentioned it to them. That just re- yeah. reasserted that I was completely crazy. Yeah. But... They do. Like, half the people I talk to are like, yeah, if I'm not in my house, I'm in, like, in a hotel. Like, what are you talking about? My father's favorite thing. He watched, he's seen our show a couple times, and he said, you guys are nuts. You know how I camp? And I was like, okay, Dad, how do you camp? Howard Johnson. It's the only way to do it. (laughs) You know, okay, that that is for some people. It really is. You know what? It's not for me. You know that. We're here. This is it. I don't overly like hotels. I don't overly like, well, you know, in some ways I don't overly like a lot of people, but you know, you're, you're stuck in a building with people all the way around you. Like the walls aren't overly thick. You don't know how many people have slept in that bed. <laughs> I'm not going to diss the hotel and say it's not cleaning it, but it's, you know, a thousand people. If that hotel has been open for three years, a thousand people have probably slept in that bed. You know, you know what I mean? At some point in time. That's, yeah. that's a lot. It is a lot. I mean, I I get it. It's clean and all that stuff. But it's just a different feeling being outside. There's something about the primitive living. uh, And I'm going to call it primitive living. That just feels so satisfying when you accomplish it. Yeah. And uh, if anybody's interested in attempting uh, winter camping and you haven't done it before, I highly recommend doing it with a couple other people. Don't try and run out and do it yourself. Uh, Definitely rely on your fellow friends and stuff like that to aid some support and to help you get through it. I mean, if there's a couple of years, you can take shifts stock on the fire and having a good night's sleep. That's uh, a common practice that I like. If you get four people like that, you can kind of set up some lean twos all around the same long fire. You know what I mean? All around. And basically, uh, depending on how many, if there is, if there's only a couple, one person can stay up. If there's a handful, two of you can stay up, just have a, a chat while the others are sleeping, keep the fires dogged. And then as you get tired, you know, you give them a nudge, you know, it's your shift. You crawl into bed, everybody wakes up refreshed and warm. We did this with a couple super shelters once, and you were saying t-shirt and shorts weather. We were measuring it outside. It was something like minus 22 and inside the super shelters, one of them, uh, Jamie's, it was a little closer to the fire than the rest. And it was something like 27 degrees inside. Like, literally, he had That's sweat awesome. poured off his face. He's like, guys, no, it's just, it's just not good here. But it was kind of funny because we're like, man, you might be a little too close to that fire. You may want to back up. He's like, no, 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 I want to be warm. We're like, your plastic might You're melt. <laughs> And you don't need anything fancy for uh, plastic on a super shelter either. What we were using was thick vapor barrier, just from home hardware. Pack some of that up, work great. And relatively cheap. I don't know how many hunting camps I found around Newfoundland that was just that heavy vapor barrier uh, and stapled to a loose frame of round spruce logs. Like house shape, you know, with a peak, you know. Uh, nailed together with a couple of four-inch nails uh, at each joint, and uh, they wrapped that vapor barrier over it, had a little slit in it for a door, and uh, those things sat there for years. Uh, super easy to build and quick. Uh, no real skill involved in it. Uh, works. Uh, great place to sit while you're camp- hunting and stuff. Guys come back to them year after year. 
I don't think they even bother with stoves for the most part, but maybe they did. Uh, Never know. They could have a little stove at it. Maybe not. Yeah. But like you said, they're quick, they're cheap, they're easy, and you can get a you can make them fairly big to put a half a dozen. Well, I shouldn't say half a dozen, but yeah, even a half a dozen people, six people's not unheard off inside one of those things, especially if you're bringing no. cots or something. Yeah, I, I I definitely seen them big more often than not that would be very comfortable for four or more, but four is probably big the the average size of what I used to usually see, uh, and that's an easy one. It's I, I call that sort of a, a semi. Uh, natural shelter and the fact that you're using some natural poles and stuff, but you are using basically a, a, a cheap version of a tarp. Uh, and it works. It's extremely efficient. works very well. In the summer, it's basically a greenhouse. Uh, but it keeps the wind and stuff off you, and it's that's, that's the main part. But, yeah, back to general... Uh, natural shelter. So we talked a bit about it. We got your lean-tos. Uh, one of my favorites are the, and this one's semi-safe, uh, the fallen trees. You know, the ones mm-hmm. where the roots get pulled up with them? Yep. Uh, that, that creates a natural wall. Usually it, but, uh, it's really thick. Uh, any wind or rain coming from that direction and not getting through to you, uh, just make sure that the tree is good and down. Uh, not necessarily going to come back up yeah, for half any perched or something like that. Yeah. I have seen them move. I've also seen them go down. I don't know if you've ever witnessed one tipping, but like the whole ground moves and mm-hmm. comes set before it actually lets go. It's, it's looks like the the soil is almost breathing, I guess, from the the tree moving. But uh, I have seen one set back down. It, it wasn't quite down past the forty five degree mark. The wind turned and it sort of sat back up. And, I'm sure it collapsed again at a later time, but you wouldn't want to be underneath that one to happen. No, not at all, because even a small tree has a lot of weight above it. So don't take but the you risk. Get, you get something like that knocked down uh, or just a fallen tree and you lay a couple of sticks up against it and you've you, you got your, your basic shelter, right? Uh, it doesn't take a lot. Uh, and like you said, use your imagination. And what I said was whatever you have around it, there's lots of, uh, in a good moss forest, moss is a really good, uh, building material. Oh, you need structure. Well, to yeah. Well, sheets of moss, like three, four square feet and just lay it down. It doesn't take long to completely cover a shelter and two, three layers thick. It's, it's going to be wind and rainproof for the most part. Um, so that works well. Uh, the other ones are I've I've often seen is overhanging rocks, uh, mm-hmm. um, like semi cave and cave style structures. Uh, Speaking of cave style structures, have anybody uh, seen Jeremy's last Jeremy? video? He did some cave camping there. I was able to quickly glance at it. Looked like he had a fun time too. I'm kind of jealous. Always want to try cave sleeping. Never had the opportunity. That's yeah. funny. I talked to him. He he said he damn near froze to death. <laughs> yeah, I can see that too. It's pretty open. <laughs> but uh, no, he slept on his on his jacket, which As... is an impressive method. Like he went with minimal gear. It was just a, an, an uh, a quilt, and his jacket was basically his sleep system. 
And uh, he, he was comfortable, I think, for most of the night. When he woke up in the morning, I was I texted him and I was talking to him, and he said he he, he was froze. So, uh, <laughs> that's Jeremy loves to find extremely interesting spots. Did you see the one where he slept on top of a rock? Yep, in the middle of a river. Yeah, uh, that's that's cool stuff. Um, but back there, uh, different things you can look for. Uh, that's the thing. Your imagination's literally your only limiting factor there. Go online, look up some basic structures, get the idea in your head, but the bottom line is there's no real wrong way of doing it. There's tried and tested methods of doing it, which you can default to, but there is no real wrong way of building a shelter as long as it is big enough to put you inside it, strong enough that it doesn't collapse on you, and insulated enough that it keeps the elements off you. That's it. Doesn't matter what it looks like. If it's crazy, but it works, it's not crazy. No. Uh, if you followed alone, I think it was Alan Kay. If you looked at his shelter, it was the most pathetic shelter I think of the entire Alone series, and he won that episode, mm. uh, that that season. He put minimal effort into his his, uh, his shelter. It was just enough to crawl into. It was just a bunch of branches and stuff. But it kept him warm, safe, and dry. And that's all you need for a shelter. Anything else is just extravagance, which is fun. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Extravagance is fun, but it's not necessary. No. Uh, yeah, in the end, its it's function, uh, form and function, right? It fit form and function, I guess, the old, old saying, you know. Uh, it doesn't have to look good. It doesn't have to be aesthetically pleasing, but it does have to work. Uh and that's that's the long and short of it. Have um, and uh, get it. Yeah, no. Yep. There, there's only one little thing I want to kind of bring into it because I do get asked it quite a bit uh, when I bring up the topic of natural shelters, and everybody wants to know: Can you bring a fire inside a natural shelter? Um, what? Or sorry, ben. I shouldn't say everybody wants to know. Most people want to know: Can you bring a fire inside a natural shelter? Uh, short answer is. Yes, long answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's kind of two unique things. You can. It's not always necessarily a good idea to. There's a lot of special considerations you have to put into it. Um, to bring a, sh- a fire inside a shelter, generally it's going to be a smaller fire. Uh, you don't want a rip yeah. bonfire in a shelter. That generally does not go over well for you. You need some sort, or I have found, you need some sort of cold air intake so you don't get it full of smoke. And you need good ventilation at the top, of course, to let that smoke out. Now, if you can't get those three factors in uh, and get them in really well, generally I just, honestly, generally I abandon ship on taking fire inside a shelter anyway. It's just one less worry for me. In extreme situations, well, not even extreme situations, I've done it to try it. And if it's, uh, in some of my winter camping, I have made like wiki ups and stuff like that with the top open and brought a small fire inside. But you know what? I find I stay just as warm, half the hassle to just leave the fire outside and get like, let the heat radiate and reflect in, build a good, I know no such thing as a reflector, but you know what I mean? Build a wind barrier. If that's what you want to call it. If nothing else, they kind of guide your smoke to go up instead of blow on into you, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? Like everybody says reflector wall, and then you get the other side that says, oh, there's no such thing as a reflector wall. Well, call it what you want. It stops the wind from blowing everything into your face. And it makes that radiant heat just feel nicer. I don't care what anyone says. I feel it keeps stagnant air, or 
stagnant's really a horrible word for it, but if you don't have the walls, you have moving air. So any air you heat it up is moving away. Yeah. Is it reflecting back at you? Probably not. I mean, if you had like a reflective style material, you can reflect heat. I've, I've seen the ones you can put it under chairs, the aluminum sheets that roll up or whatever. Uh, people swear they work, so I believe they do. But, uh, yeah, if you've got a couple of walls and you got a fire in there, that air is, is heated up. A lot of it's going to go up. Hot air to, does tend to rise. You can't trap it all in. But it's going to stick around a little bit longer than if it's completely open. Uh, like you see, there's aim towards the fire. It's going to pump heat inside. That shelter is an area where air is moving around. It's going to stay warm in there quite a bit longer. Um, yes, eventually the natural materials will absorb that heat and some of it will escape and you're going to it won't be ever. It's your house is an eater. You shut your heating system off in your house. See yeah, how long be before warm. you get cold. <laughs> yeah, it could be two, three hours. It could be a day or two, depending on how efficient your house is. But in the end, it is going to cool down. You're going to open up doors. You're going to introduce cold air. Some air is just basically you're going to radiate heat all the time, some degree out of the house. Uh, that's just the nature of the building. But same thing with your shelter. It's not heat forever, but it is going to impede heat loss. You're going to, you know, the better the shelter, the thicker the walls, the longer it's going to take for heat to to be lost. Yeah, and I I agree with you. Like I said, I, I'm the kind of person I always throw up a reflector wall. I, and I call it reflector wall just because that's the common term for it. Does it reflect heat? Debatable. Does it help? My experience, yes. And for all the reasons you just listed. If nothing else, it stops the air from being, or the heat from missions. So, especially if you're new to it, you're just a little better off. Build yourself a nice shelter with a little wider opening. Set yourself up a containment wall, if that's what you would call it, or a reflector wall. Let's be serious here. And just make a nice fire outside. Keep it well stocked, and you'll be just as warm. And you won't have, hopefully, if it's not super windy and you picked your angles and everything right, or your sides right, you won't have a whole lot of smoke choking you out, and you'll still be just as comfortable. The the biggest problem I've ever had with a, a fire within the shelter or, or too close to the shelter is is smoke. Uh, and yeah, and the side concern there is if you're breathing a lot of smoke, you're not getting good clean air, then you, you are potentially putting yourself at health risk. The other one I've always worried about is if the fire does get too big, the shelter itself could catch on fire. Mm-hmm. And the tendency there is to keep the fire more or less in the center, usually between you and the door. Uh, it tends to be where they end up. Uh, if that's the case and it kind of gets out of hand at some point, you are now sort of trapped within your own shelter and you have to go over or through the fire. And I have been in that situation where a fire did get a little out of hand. Me and a buddy were in a, a Quincy-style hut with a little fire. We had a hole in the top where smoke was coming out. Air came in through the entrance, up through that Quincy. It got a little bit bigger. The smoke sort of got trapped inside, and we sort of had to sort of like jump over the fire and and get out the, the hole. We kind of learned our lesson then. We didn't do a lot more of that. Uh, what we did use in the snow structures, and I'll, I'll finish up right here, is, and this works, candles. You'd be surprised mm-hmm. how much candle puts out. And that's just it. Inside snow structures, especially snow structures, don't ever think you're going to be in shorts and t-shirt. It's not realistic for a snow structure. I mean, you can do it, of course. Uh, yeah. It's not smart to do it. 
Yeah. You're only trying to br- well now. <laughs> exactly. You're only trying to break the chill enough that you're comfortable yeah. that your sleep system and the rest of your insulation, your clothes and stuff is going to keep you warm while you're in there. And that's an important thing to remember with snow shelters. But that's a topic for a whole other time. So I think we've covered what we wanted to cover. Uh, it's extremely fun. It is sort of the the. Uh, it's a very primitive feel, but it, it, it brings a lot of satisfaction to build your own sh- uh, uh, natural shelter. The downsides are, of course, although it didn't take a lot of weight for the materials to come in and build it, it's going to take you time and effort and imagination to build. And if you, you're going in for a quick ultralight trip and you want to get in and out re- relatively quickly, a natural shelter is probably not for you. Uh, if you're going in for an extended period of time, want to put time and effort into it, they're definitely worth it in the long run. Uh, and that's kind of a good way to put it. If, you, if it's a quick trip, fun to play with, not practical. If it's a longer trip, definitely something worth thinking about. The only other thing you might want to bring up, and I know you have the experience in this, is you really shouldn't be building them in public land. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, but, and this is where I was more meaning you had experience. Uh, if you don't own property to do it on, you do kind of need to ask permission from private landowners. Do you mind if I come in and do some bushcrafting on your property. Uh, and I think if you approach them right and you are polite and you, you promise not to be, you know, cutting down thousands of trees and, and damaging their property, a lot of people will consider it. If you're just going to go in, you're going to camp for a couple of nights, you're going to sort of leave the place in more or less the same state as when you found it. Most people, I think, would care very little to may actually be very happy that you're there but if they say no you definitely should not yeah respect Uh, their wishes i mean that's that's just general courtesy um and the only thing i'll add on to that is on crown land keep in mind in nova scotia uh it is illegal to erect any kind of permanent or semi-permanent structure uh, yeah. if you do and you're caught, there is ramifications off it. So just keep that in mind. Tents, hammocks, stuff like that, they don't fall into permanent or semi-permanent shelter. Um, but any kind of primitive shelter does fall into that, I can say, with utmost confidence and experience. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, so, I'll leave that there. <laughs> so... I guess we'll wrap it up. Uh, but I want everyone out there that, that listens to this podcast to think about it. I hope you do get out and have the opportunity to build a natural shelter, to, to potentially stay it and sit in it for a few hours, have a have a, a meal or whatever, and enjoy the, the satisfaction it brings you. And, and we'd love to see pictures of it. We'd love to hear your stories. We, we, uh, you know, we really do enjoy that type of camping. Uh, and we don't get to do it often enough. Uh, it usually tends to be we're trying to squeeze it in for myself. I know I'm speaking for myself, but I think I feel that I'm probably speaking for you a bit. We have families. We have commitments. We have jobs. These, the tents, the, the gear we buy and we drag in, 
it, it costs us money, but it saves us a lot of time and it allows us to get out more often, more frequently. And that's a large just it. track, I would definitely have a semi-permanent uh, bushcraft style shelter that I would visit more often. I know Jeremy owns, has a piece of property. He does that with, I know there are many others that do it. I see it on YouTube, on Facebook. Uh, but I don't have a property that lends itself to that. Um, and I don't believe I mean, you may or may not, but I do. Uh, and I don't, it's, yes. uh, it's a weird kind of topic. I have two pieces of property, uh, between yeah. the two of them. I doubt there's enough trees on it to actually build a shelter. uh but it is it is a fun time uh i again i highly encourage you to get out there be safe do it safe if you don't feel you can do it in one night start at one trip do a couple of day trips and then once you get it built to where you're comfortable test it out then you know you can do it you've gotten that gained that experience if you ever want to do one from scratch in a single trip then do it but uh, get out, play with it, and enjoy. Uh, I think it's a, it's a an awesome way to sort of build your skills and uh, get more comfortable in the woods. Uh, I, I do highly recommend it. I would as well. It's uh, definitely a satisfying feeling once you've done something. And as Ben said, if you can't do it all in one go, take your time. Do it a couple times over. And honestly, even if you've never sl- uh, sleep in it, just build one to know what it's like and know that you can. Uh, it's still very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty much where we're going to wrap it up. Is it there, Ben? Yeah, I think we can wrap her up there, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. New topic, new uh, discussion. Uh, we're fast approaching our one year, uh, so we'll just sort of throw that out there for people. I know we got some things potentially going on for that, and we'll talk about that maybe next week. Yeah, might be uh, a good topic for next week because that'll be episode 47, which means it's only going to give people five weeks to be able to be a part of anything that we happen to talk about, which sounds like a long time. It's not that long. No, it's going to happen in a blink of an eye, buddy. Oh, man, it always just keeps going. But uh, before we do close off, I'd like to say if you were listening to us on audio, be sure to check us out on our Facebook page. You can find us at Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Uh, on Twitter, ABA underscore Bushcraft. Instagram, it's Atlantic Bushcraft. Uh, YouTube, just search Atlantic Bushcraft. Be sure to check it out. We put all our videos that you hear right now up live. Uh, you get to see our beautiful faces or grimace at our not-so-beautiful faces, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, but yeah, be sure to check us out on YouTube, subscribe, all that great stuff. We have a website, AtlanticBushcraft.ca. On the other side of stuff, if you're watching us only on video and you'd like to try the audio experience, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Music, and pretty much every other podcasting service out there by just searching the Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures, and then you'll have the best of both worlds. You'll get to see us and hear us later. So that's just absolutely amazing. And, of course, once again, going back to our audio listeners, you will get to see other videos of us doing different things on our YouTube channel, not just the podcast. We have how-tos, instructional videos, um, kind of show-and-tell videos, adventure videos. There's uh, starting to become a, a small good crop of variety up there now. Yeah, and we're, we're, we're growing it. We're, we're learning. It's, it's, it's a constant... Uh, learning curve for us but we are definitely improving and we're getting more and more stuff up uh it's been an amazing ride so far i really am enjoying it and i hope you guys enjoy 
what we do. Uh, we'd love to hear more feedback. Uh, thanks. Right off.